episode of We Only Look Thin, (laughs) Shiver Me Timbers. I am Catherine Weigel. (laughs) I am one of your hosts. I have lost about 145 pounds. And with me today is... Boat Rockin' Donald Weigel. (laughs) I have lost about 100 pounds. You sound like some DJ. Like, (laughs) I know. Boat Rockin' Top 40. If this boat's a rockin', don't come a knockin'. All right, let's start this over. Oh, come on. Hello, and welcome to We Only Look Thin. Uh, We are here to talk about our weight loss and fitness journey and how you can do it too. Yep, and specifically today we're going to talk about boundaries and and rocking them and changing them. And uh, this is something we have talked about before. We but have. What, what is old is new again. Because exactly. Because I don't even remember what we talk about. Well, and I talk about all the time. I say that I, my whole life, I was just looking for the right plan. Like, I just thought I needed somebody to tell me what to eat and when to eat it and and what exercises to do and when to do them. And people did not tell me about the mindset part of this. And it really is about... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It really is about 60% of it, maybe more than 60% of it, of the battle was really getting my mindset together and really understanding that it wasn't just about going on some temporary plan that it was about really transforming my life, going from small habits to transforming all parts of my life. And really, there are things that people don't talk about enough. People don't talk enough about how sleep is a factor in all of this. For example, and one of those things that people don't talk about is setting boundaries in your life. Yeah, I think I thought I had a recipe problem back in the yeah, day. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you know what Catherine's problem is? She doesn't have enough recipes. Doesn't She's have got the 90, right recipes. 90 cookbooks. None of them have the right recipe for yeah, weight loss. No. And uh, I, when I started this uh, back in January of 2016, I knew I needed to track calories. Definitely important. We talked about getting back on track. Calories was a, a big factor in that. But it wasn't until I was about six months into my weight loss that I heard on the Half Size Me podcast, she talked about boundaries. And I said, what are those? Who has time for that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What does that have to do with me, I said. Yeah. Uh, Turns out I had terrible boundaries. And I had no idea that most of my emotional eating was around unmet boundaries. Yeah. Keeping all of my thoughts and anger to myself, letting it boil down into food. Yeah. And that was my problem. I mean, I thought about boundaries in the sense of, like, the boundaries of the state of California. Sure. Like, I knew what, like, that was. But in terms of having boundaries and and establishing, like, what you will and won't do in your life and really advocating for yourself – I hadn't ever even considered those things, really. Well, and I know I sort of grew up in a situation where I was really afraid to express my emotions and my needs, and I kind of hoped everyone would just guess what I needed because I didn't want to say it out loud. And there are many reasons for that, but in marriage, in work, in family situations, just hoping people guessed what I needed and guessed my love language, which I didn't even know that that was a thing. Right. But I just wanted Donald to know what I wanted. And then when he wouldn't give me what I wanted that I didn't tell him, I would be annoyed about it. 
I think you're rewriting history right now. I'm pretty sure I gave you everything you wanted without <laughs> you having to tell me what it was all the time from day one. But at work, and I've talked about this before, how I felt overworked, underappreciated, yeah. underpaid, and I would just lean into it and be like, well, if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. And I would become a martyr. And I got, you know, I nailed myself to a, a hot cross bun. Uh, <laughs> that was maybe not appropriate. You can cut that out and post. But I would just eat my feelings about it. I would eat when I was overworked, I would eat when I was underworked, I would just eat about all the things. And I didn't know that I didn't have any boundaries. Yeah. I felt like other people were taking advantage of me. And that was my lot in life. Turns out, no is the best word sometimes. And I didn't know how to say that. And today we are going to talk about uh, boundaries, what kind of boundaries there are, and uh, what we risk when we say yes, when we mean no. Yeah. And a little a little caveat here. We are, you know, we know this can run super deep and we're not talking about solving overnight your issues with in-laws or people super close to you or like, you know, solving things that are going to actually take like marriage counseling yeah. and that this is more, these are more of the things that you can actually sort of control, but that you know, you can control sort of easily, and but they actually do really affect my relationship with food all of the time, and I didn't realize it, or even just the amount of time I have in my life to be able to pursue the things that I actually really want to do. Yeah, and I think with boundaries, like Donald said, um, in Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, our accountability group, we have been talking about these boundaries, so a lot of what I'm going to say we've already talked about in Walt Place, but as we went through sort of a troubleshooting in Walt Place, uh, there were a lot of really big issues that people brought up. And yeah. again, this is a primer on just recognizing your boundaries. And we're going to do this as a two-parter uh, because that's our boundary. We're yes. not going to talk for seven hours about it. Um, but being able to understand the the risks we take when we don't speak our needs and then really understanding what we're actually upset about or how we feel a boundary has been crossed can help us better decide which things we're going to tackle, which things are just if you're not willing to tackle it then it's just it's a gravity issue you deal with it and you move on so we're going to give you some tips and tricks in the next episode not this episode we're not giving you any <laughs> tips and tricks you're gonna have to wait for it so we'd like to start by going over some types of boundaries so that you might even look if this is a completely foreign concept to you or even if it's not there are, there are many things that Catherine has come up with uh, that I never even thought about in, in asserting myself in terms of boundaries. And I would also like to point out, if you are an audience member who is searching for a name for your new band... All of these could make good band names. <laughs> sure. But, you know, and as we're we're rounding this up, we did an episode a couple of years back called Dog the Boundary Hunter. Ha, yeah. ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, Boundaries have changed in this pandemic COVID world. And this is an opportunity as we're re-entering society, um, you know, as we do sitting yeah. at, our, at our house. Um, this is an opportunity to reassess established boundaries or maybe something you did a couple of years ago. This is an opportunity to set new boundaries with yourself and with others um, because, you know, a lot of these boundaries have changed uh, thanks to uh, to COVID. 
that shall not be named. But it's COVID. There, I said it. So um, do you want to start us out with what, what's the first boundary, Don? Sure. The first boundary and awesome band name is physical boundaries. Oh. <laughs> but those are really up in the air right now because of COVID. I know we've had a six feet apart situation. Things are changing. Comfort levels are changing. But physical boundaries really do matter. And, and even before that, you know, people have uh, boundaries with their their physical space and their, you know, I mean, it, it would bug me when people would sort of get in my physical space when I didn't know them very well or when it seemed like inappropriate or too soon. And then also physical touch. You know, there are a lot of people out there who who just are huggers um, and handshakers. And then there are other people who like that makes them very uncomfortable. And so really like figuring out what your boundaries are with those things uh, uh, can be an issue. For sure. And then there are emotional boundaries, respecting feelings, limits on how much personal info you share for who and for when. I know there are a lot of times when I have said things to people or shared things that I really regret opening my mouth about because I knew they would use it against me in the future, maybe not in a court of law, but in a work situation. So really knowing for your emotions, who you share with, what you share, that kind of thing. And then there are intellectual boundaries, uh, which is respecting thoughts and ideas, and, and also the awareness of appropriate discussion. And, you know, this has been a really huge issue in the workplace. And it's really kind of remarkable in hindsight. I don't know if everybody's had the same experience that I have, but the conversations that are considered appropriate in the workplace now yeah. versus what were appropriate in the late 1990s or even, you know, the mid like first part of the decade of this century, you know, are drastically different than what's appropriate now. And I can, you know, just shudder to think about how we talked at work, yeah. you know, even just 15, 20 years ago. Well, and two, I think in the, you know, last year and a half with social changes, political you know, developments, yeah. COVID, we have different comfort levels about talking about certain things with certain people. And I think understanding that intellectual thing of the the things I will not discuss at the Thanksgiving table is usually where people talk about, you know, what you will or won't talk about, but really deciding what topics are negoti negotiable and non-negotiable with you. I think that is a really huge boundary. I have had some big boundary issues in the last couple of months with some people um, about things that I just won't talk about or won't negotiate on. And that, that ties into the intellectual topic. Absolutely. And then there's also there's sexual boundaries. We're not going to this is not an after dark episode, so we're going to we're going to maybe table that. I will say though that sexual boundaries is perhaps the best band name out of uh, all of these. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, the next one is a uh, time boundary. That's a big one. Um managing how your time is used and also making time for your life first can be really hard for a lot of people. Like you want to be generous with your time for others for many reasons, but we have to remember, and this has been one of the keys for me to really being able to achieve my weight loss and fitness goals is remembering to make time for myself and what I need. Well, and for sure. And, you know, time at work is its own thing. We can't always assert every boundary that we want to, but I know that work will take as much as I give it. We yeah, can save for sure. that for later. But time is a huge, you know, you can't get that back once you've used it. So time is a really huge one. Um, another one is material boundaries, borrowing money. Hey, 
hey, can I borrow your lawnmower? Uh, can I borrow money? Setting limits on what you feel comfortable with is really big because a lot of times we can feel taken advantage of when it turns out if we're the one saying yes, then we kind of have an issue and we have to take some responsibility for our material boundaries. Yeah, I've oftentimes had uh, had trouble setting limits on those things. Uh, and then our final category of boundaries is generosity. And this one really, really gets to the heart of a lot of my issues with food and, and problems with finding time for myself. What you do for others how often you help others, how often you take a break, and then how many things that you're willing to say yes to all of the time, you know, that like people are asking you uh, to be on a committee at your kid's school. People are asking you, like, I for whatever reason, you know, I don't do anything creative in the TV and movie business, but because I work there, people would always ask me to read their scripts, you know, and give feedback, and I really don't like doing it. And I really would have to struggle to say no to that. And I oftentimes said yes, and then really regretted it because it was, you know, drudgery all the time. Well, and a lot of times when we don't feel like we have a good excuse, we feel like we have to say yes. So that'll tie into a lot of of what we're going to talk about next. But really all of this, and Donald said it earlier, all of these types of boundaries for us, because we have disordered eating patterns, all of this ties into food boundaries. What? Food is a boundary? What? How can that be? I can't say yes or no, except I usually can't say no to laced potato chips. But yeah. like the boundaries that we establish around the food that we want, I think uh, it I really really don't like the term diet culture. It can I will punch it in the face. Um, <laughs> but If we don't set boundaries around the foods that we eat, I'm going to go back up the scale 145 pounds. For sure. I intuitively want to eat everything. Whatever magical, you know, switch is flipped that says I'm full, I, that I'm not really, uh, tied or cued into that for me. So if I don't put boundaries around the type of food I eat, when I eat it, and if I eat it in public or private, food is going to take over like it did before. So food is a really huge boundary. We might not, again, be able to have an actual conversation about it, but I think it is a conversation to have with ourselves, which we will uh, we will talk about later. Absolutely. So what does it mean to say yes to something. When somebody asks you to do something, what does that really mean? Like, what are you saying yes to? Um, And Catherine is going to give us some examples of some of the things that we don't realize that we're saying yes to. Yeah, you know, we feel, again, like if we say, if we don't have a good excuse or we can't come up with any reasons, we just say yes to kind of, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. See, is that a rock the boat? Oh, you brought it back around to rock the boat. (laughs) But By the way, have we talked about this rock the boat thing in Ireland? I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, do people know about this thing? Like, I've only, within the last couple of years, we watched... A, a show on Netflix called Dairy Girls that was produced in Ireland. It took place in the 80s in Ireland. And 
There's a part. This part is a very important conversation. Like, so the just song hang on. "Rock the Boat" comes rock on. Rock the boat, don't rock, rock the, the boat, baby. baby rock, rock the boat. boat. Yeah, uh, I'm certainly far from a singer, but you can find videos of this online. We thought it was just from the TV show. We're like, what a weird thing! They were doing a dance at a wedding that involved everyone getting like, in. A- they they sit down on the ground and they do this thing where they're like like mimicking rowing a boat, and it is amazing. I thought it was just comedy for television, and then. Donald found that there are actually Guinness World Record things yeah. where like a whole town does the rock the boat yeah, the thing. Yeah, most, the most people doing rock the boat at one time. It is bananas. Plus, how am I in my 40s and just finding out that this is the thing? Like, I know the I U.S. Know. had the Macarena, which I, you know, I feel like we're still trying to get past that. Right. But this rock the boat thing is a serious thing. When you're willing to get on the ground yeah. and do a rowing motion, that's that's a big commitment. Yeah, it's like the, the chicken dance at a wedding for us, only it's like rock the boat and it's like a huge it's like, like a conga line like a, on the ground yeah like it's a really weird thing yeah anyway okay, so do yourself a favor go to youtube and look that up but what are you getting back on topic <laughs> what are you really saying yes to when you say yes to someone so when we say yes we don't think that there is an actual impact on our lives in the moment it's easy to say yes because then you just don't have to give it any more thought but what you're actually potentially saying yes to is overwhelm exhaustion. If someone is asking you to help them move, you might be looking at some sore muscles. You might also be looking at future resentment, potential chaos at home. Oops, I forgot. And now I'm going to have to put this other thing aside. Yeah. You also might be saying yes to less sleep, feeling rushed, poor food choices. There it is, everybody. Oh, gosh, I said yes to this committee, and so now I don't have time to get my food, so then I'm just going to have to go through fast food. There's no way I never have uh, – how can I track calories? I'm yeah. so rushed. It, it might result in you having to go to a bunch of meetings or, or you know, a bunch of events, that, you know, for which you can't properly plan your plan, your food. And so you end up, you know, eating all of this fast food that you didn't realize you were saying yes to when you said yes to doing whatever it was. Oh, my gosh. And also just the the Potential for putting your needs last, which someone in Walt Place, we only looked in place, talked about how sometimes they sort of enjoy saying yes to other people's things because then we can always put our needs last. Yeah. And I know it's a form of of procrastination. The more I take on from other people, the more drama I take on from other people, the more obligations I have, the less I have time to focus on myself. And that in itself is a loophole. And I spent a lot of years of my life saying, if I can just get through this one (laughs) thing, if I can just get through this one project, this one event that's happening that's coming up, then Then. I will get myself on track. And then I would always have some other event coming up, some other thing to say yes to and to take up all of my time and then just not, you know, to ignore my needs. And looking back on it, there was definitely a part of me that liked being so busy that I had an excuse that I could justify to myself why I wasn't really taking care of myself. Well, and you know what? I A couple of people recently have told me that they don't have time to focus on their weight. Yeah. Guess what? That time is never going to come. Like ever, yeah. ever, ever. It's never you know, there's no magical red carpet rollout. You know, this is really a season for you to focus. That is not going to happen. And it is really sad. And 
just seeing someone type that out of, I don't have time right now, guess what? It's never magically going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I realized in hindsight, this is slightly off topic, that I really did have more time than I realized. And I just chose to spend it doing other things that that weren't as important. And I really needed to focus and understand that and channel all of the time I did have into my my health. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, when we say yes, a lot of times we don't feel like we have the space to say no, or we just want to seem agreeable or whatever. And when we say yes, we have the potential for more than we bargain for. Has anyone listening ever said yes? And then you realize that it is a much bigger commitment. Oh, yeah. Or you didn't have all the details and you just said yes in the moment. All the time. And then worse from that, you don't feel like you have the right to say no afterward because you already said yes, even though you didn't have all the facts. I uh, I have made this anecdote before, but I used to be a professional wedding photographer. And at one point, a, uh, a bride and groom came to me and said, can you shoot our wedding? It's not even really a wedding, though. It's just going to be at a wine bar. It's basically people just standing around for 20 minutes drinking wine. Yeah. If I had said yes in that moment, be like, it's basically just people drinking wine. What do take a picture? It's fine. But of course, we still want the uh, the beauty salon photos, and we want the dress photos, and we want the engagement photos, and we want, you know, the the family photos afterward. Right. You know, it's like, but really, it's just a wine pairing. Like, right. it's nothing. But when people, you know, give us information, they want to hook us. That's right. They want to hook us on the rocking the boat. <laughs> But, you know, they ask a simple question. And if we just say yes and don't gather more information, it could be a lot more than we anticipated. Hey, can you watch my dog? Sure. For three months. Ah! Like, (laughs) but you said yes. Busted. No, there's no turning back now. Exactly. But also, finally, when we say yes, we are saying yes to potentially emptying our emotional and physical battery. How many times have we overcommitted ourselves? We can't say no. We said yes in the past, so we've got to say yes now. Well, they always rely on me. I'm always the one who gets it done. I'm the only one who can get it done. Where would everyone be without me? I'm very, this is me personally speaking, I'm not great at delegating. And sometimes for me, it's just like, fine, I'll just do it all like I always do. Where would they all be without me? And that martyrdom thing, if you feel like you're a bit of a martyr, that might be a yes problem, not an everybody else's problem. Well, and guess what draining your emotional and physical battery leads to? What? It leads to poor decisions what? in your life. They have done many studies which show that the more physically and emotionally drained you are, yeah. the harder it is to make positive decisions, decisions that you're proud of. Right. And I don't have time for habits because I'm exhausted all the time. Exactly. And and how, you know, willpower, um, such as it is, degrades throughout a day, like the later the day gets, just because you're physically tired, you know, more yeah. tired at the end of the day than you were. So draining your battery leads to those choices over and over again. Well, and a lot of times, you know, I know I've talked about being an obliger before in the Gretchen Rubin construct of uh outer accountability. I'm also, my love language is acts of service. So I feel like I'm showing love when I say yes. I feel like that's the way I communicate my value. That's where I find value in myself. But we also say yes a lot of times out of fear. 
like actual fear. Yeah. Donald, what are some of the ways we see fear in saying no? If we say no, we are afraid of being disliked. Yeah. We're afraid of judgment. Like people saying, you don't look busy. Yeah. Like, oh, really? I don't have time. You know, mm. or like, well, I would do this for you if I, you know, if you were asking me. Uh. You might have a fear of being passed over in the future. Yeah. Like if you say no this one time, then you're afraid you'll never get asked again, even if it's something that you might actually want to do in the future. But also at work, I mean, you were talking about earlier how if we say no to something, you said you're always like positioning yeah. yourself for your next well, job. One of the one of the problems with my business, at least I feel like it's a problem for me, and I think for a lot of people, is that I'm always auditioning for the next job. Like, I work for a finite amount of time on a particular TV show or movie, and then that ends, and that job goes away, and I have to look for a new job on a different show. And so I am constantly having to audition for the people who hire, like, throughout the course of the show. And standing up for my own needs can be very difficult because it can often backfire and people won't hire me for the next one if they don't think that I'm a team player. But I think, too, you know, for me at work, always feeling like I was putting in the time and the energy and the, the like, they, they say, like, the harder you work, the more return you get. Right. That's not actually no. really how it works, unfortunately. You don't necessarily get the praise that you're looking for based on being the yes man. And you, you mentioned before, you know, wanting people to just know what you want. Yeah. Like, I used to think that if I just kept my head down and worked super hard, that I would just get plucked from yeah. the job I was doing and placed in a much better job. And it just doesn't really work like that. You have to ask for what you want. Um, and just to to put a bow on this last part, we fear appearing lazy. We identify, you know, most of us like to identify as go-getters, as people who can do it all and juggle everything. And we, you know, we don't want to say no because then we might appear as if we're lazy. Well, and here's here's the bigger thing, which I hadn't even really thought about until right now. For me, being overweight for so long, I felt like I had to put in extra effort oh, yeah. to really wow. Like, I'm really actually good maybe going to start crying Which I right hadn't now. thought about till right this second. I was constantly felt like I had to prove myself that I wasn't actually terribly lazy because of my weight. Right. Whether it was putting in physical effort and being the person who would get things done around the office, the one who was always putting in the extra work, I didn't want to come off as a lazy person yeah. because of my weight, which is really hard to say. And I probably might take some time off to go cry about it for a little while. But I really felt like I had to put in that extra energy to really feel like I was pulling my emotional and physical weight. Ouch. That really hurt to just yeah, talk about. That is real. Ooh, okay. All right. Let's keep it light. Keep it light. So. <laughs> so part of that whole saying yes, for me, I felt like it was an unspoken as in saying yes, I felt like I would finally feel loved, appreciated and valuable. But often I just felt taken advantage of. After everything I've done, I'm still not getting the promotion. I'm not getting the raise. I'm not getting the accolades. Yeah. I'm not, you know, being validated for all my efforts. And so in the end, 
I eat about it. Yeah. That's the big punctuation mark on all of this is that I use food and maybe alcohol too as my reward for the rewards I'm not getting in life. Yeah. And and the sad part of that is that it feels like a reward for a brief moment. Yeah. And then you realize later that it was a punishment. And I would just be stuck in this circle of shame and just, you know, feel bad about whatever was making me feel bad, then eat about it, feel good for a minute, and then feel bad again that I ate about it. I know. And it was just a constant shame circle. Well, and the saying, yes, at work, and then leading to, I don't have time to go eat anything because I'm so busy and so overworked. And so I'm going to go to the kitchen at work and eat all the food as revenge because my boss isn't giving yeah. me, like... I'll show them. I'll eat everything in the refrigerator. Yeah, I'll get my money's worth one Coca-Cola can at a time. I'll exactly. get my money back from the company. Exactly. Until it brought me a diabetes diagnosis. So... This leads to the idea that it is important for your health to say no to things. Ouch. How do you do that, Donald? <laughs> it can be really difficult to do, and I, it's still something that I struggle with all the time. But one of the things that helps me is to remind myself that when I'm saying no to somebody else, I'm saying yes to certain things in my own life. And what do I mean by that? (laughs) One of those things is I'm saying yes to my original plan. Somebody invites me to go somewhere and eat something that I don't really want to because I'm, I'm sticking to my plan and I didn't plan the indulgence. If I say no to it, I am saying yes to my original plan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and even in a family sense, I said yes to being on uh, the governance council of our daughter's school. Yeah. And, there were reasons that I that I did that, but that was two years yeah. of meetings and, you know, being the secretary. And that totally got in the way of my original plan of it being was a chill. Lot. It was a lot. But we're, you know, when we say no to others, we're saying yes to our priorities, our calm home life by not adding more drama. You're saying yes to your own rest yeah. and your own peace of mind. Like we talked about how draining your physical and mental batteries can lead to poor decisions. Imagine what it'll do for you to actually have rest and have peace of mind and and be confident that you can make the right decisions. Sure. And you're saying yes to your own pace, your own priorities, your own habits, being able to have time to meal prep, that kind of thing. When we're saying yes to other people, we're giving away our opportunity for self-care. And when you say no to somebody else, you can create in yourself a feeling of open opportunities and options. Like you still have the ability to do the things that you really want to do for yourself and and for, you know, do the things for others that you that genuinely care about and not just say yes to say yes. For sure. And you're also leaving room for the unexpected needs of your own family. And we're talking about sort of external requests. But how many times have you overcommitted to something? And then some family X factor came up where there was, you know, you needed a new roof or someone got sick or some emergency came up and you've already made, you filled your, you know, your schedule so full of other people's expectations that you don't even have time for that X factor in your own life, which totally comes up 
And when you say no to somebody else, you're saying yes to honoring your needs. And those needs are important. If you don't honor your own needs, eventually you won't be able to help anyone else. And you won't be able to say yes to anyone else because you will just not physically be able to. Well, and we've talked before about, I think we did the Spoon Man episode talking about how much bandwidth we have, how much energy we have. And if we keep giving our energy away to other people, then we're reducing our ability to practice self-care and to recharge. I used to think, and I, I said this on in Molt Place the other day, that when we became parents, my weight loss plan was I'll be so exhausted I can't help but lose weight because right. I'll be running after an eight-year-old. <laughs> right, because that, ha, all, ha, that ha, worked ha, out ha. really well. Guess yeah. what? Uh, there's lots of leftover scraps of bread and food that I would eat. Uh, as my meal for you know being exhausted, that's not a plan. And I ended up gaining weight. Big surprise. But we need that space to recharge. We don't have to have every single second of our life filled up, you know, like a dance card or something. Like, we have the right to have time that is just blank space for recharging and new energy. And what happens, dear, when you don't figure out your boundaries and you don't assert what you need and you don't say no when you really need to? So... And, you know, there, there are some memes that say this in a few different ways. But if we don't know what our priorities are, other people will prioritize our lives for us. And for a long time, I used to think that I was in service of others. I am an acts of service person. I'm a, I've, I've had a career in customer service. I really like helping other people. But the old, like, if you don't put on your own, you know, emergency vest first, that kind of thing, it actually does matter. And we can't keep selling ourselves short for other people. If we keep acting like extras in our own life, if we're just in the sidelines where other people are the stars and we just come in as necessary as like day players. Sorry, this is a movie terms, television terms. Yeah, yeah, you're you're doing well. If we're just accessories in other people's lives where they're the star, then that's what we're going to be. But we have the opportunity. I'm a 47-year-old woman. By the time this comes out, if I don't start being the star of my own life now, if I don't start asserting my boundaries and at least recognizing that I have the opportunity to play a role in my life, then no one else is going to go, you know what? You do so much for others. Let's do for you. That whole this is your life moment is not going to come. And we have the opportunity to step back and see what role we play in our lives. Now, sure, we're not going to be able to tackle every single boundary in the world. Sure, there are some things that are bigger than this conversation is, you know, like, but Catherine, what about the state of, you know, the oil crisis. Okay, like, we get it. We get, There are big issues. But practically speaking, and this ties into the circle of control that we have talked about in the past, what's in our control and out of our control, our mindset around boundaries, recognizing the role we play when we say yes, really does matter. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about healthy boundaries versus unhealthy boundaries, and also give you some ideas of how to start advocating for your boundaries and really understanding what they are and the ways we feel when we feel compromised in not setting boundaries. Thank you so much for listening. You really are the stars of our podcast. Uh, You, the listener, we appreciate each and every one of you. 
Um, you have said yes to listening to this podcast, which has led to you saying yes to taking time for yourself. <laughs> Hooray! See? We all win. If you'd like to say yes and listen to a whole bunch of other episodes of our show, uh, you can find them all wherever you found this podcast. Please subscribe to the show. And also, you can listen to them all at any time on our website, weonlylookthin.com. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on Join Our Support Group to find out more about Wolt Place, We Only Look Thin Place. It is a support and accountability group for women based on Facebook. We do uh, multiple Zooms a week. It's a place for accountability, support, check-ins. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a great source of support and accountability when you are on your weight loss journey. So check us out. We've got two different subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month option with a seven-day complimentary trial. And we have been talking a lot about boundaries in Wolt Place. And we've, uh, like I said, we we did a Zoom last week sort of talking about troubleshooting boundary issues. And looking at things differently really does matter because a lot of times we can feel like we're doing boundaries the right way. And then we realize we have more agency than yeah. we thought we did, which again, this is is all a process. We are not fixed in all of this, but it is a great source of support. So find out more about Wolt Place uh, by going to our website. It really is a great group, and I'm very, very proud of it, and I'm very proud of the work that uh, that Catherine does there. Uh, if you would like to reach us in other ways, you can always send us an email to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, we will answer eventually. It does sometimes take a little time. We do have uh, other jobs outside of checking our Walt email, but we will get back to you eventually. We love to hear from you. We love to hear episode ideas, hear questions you want us to take a deeper dive on on the show, all of those sorts of things. And uh, you can also interact with us on these socials. We are at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have a couple of extra minutes, we would really appreciate it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast when they are looking for uh, inspirational podcasts. Um, yeah. I'm sure they just type in inspiration, Asian, Asian, and then ours comes up, which is super chill. I think chill. so, yeah. Uh, but really, it helps boost our ratings and it helps uh, let us know that we're actually making a difference. So please do leave us a rating and review. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And it also makes us feel good. And you want to do that, right? Sure. So whether or not you're interested in being in the Guinness Book of World Record for Rock the Boat or the longest (laughs) Macarena, just remember that Donald and I are an An inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. Oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>